let's review. Aper continues a discussion of the previous parakim regarding benefits the husband receives from his wife. A husband is entitled to his wife's findings and wages. The Gemara cites a brisa in which Metzias is actually a machloikis. Tanakama says that he receives her findings, Rebekiva disagrees, and says that she keeps her findings. The Gemara explains that the machlekes is based on another machlekes regarding Hadafa. The mission in the previous parag taught the minimum for Maisia Dao, work and wages which a wife must provide for her husband. If she earned more than this amount, it is called Hadafa or Maisa Maisia Dao. They both agree that hadafa, without exertion, belongs to the husband. Machlekes is regarding hadafa through exertion, which includes mitziyasa, as Rashi explains. Because Most findings are only obtained through exertion. Tanakama says labala, he receives the hadafa and mitziyasa. Bekiva says, Le'atzma, she keeps the Hadafa and Metziasa. Mishnah continues, V'yushasa, hu oichel peres b'chayeha. Assets she inherits from others, she owns the Karen, the principal, and he receives the payers, the profits, while she's alive. And he inherits the Karen when she dies. However, b'yishta u'pig mashallah, if she was shamed or wounded, she receives the full compensation. V'yuhud b'meseira o'emer, Rebbe Maseri disagrees and says that she does not receive the full compensation. Rather, If she was wounded in a concealed area, she receives two-thirds, while he receives one-third of the compensation, because she was the primary victim. If she was wounded in an exposed area, he receives two-thirds, while she receives one-third, because since the damage is evident, he also suffers and is considered the primary victim. Shaloi yinasin miyad. He receives his share immediately. The shaloi yilokach ben karka v'hoichel peres. And her share is used to acquire land in which she owns the karen and he receives the peres. The Gemara explains that although Rabbi Yudah agrees to a case of bayish oni ben taivim, the islu zilusa lekula b'nei meshpacha, one who shamed a member of a noble family. Although the entire family was shamed, he only compensates the victim. However, when one shamed a wife, he compensates the husband as well because ishtoi gufehu. Wife is considered as oneself. In the case of a father-in-law who pledged in the dunya a dowry to his son-in-law, and the son-in-law subsequently died, in which his brother is obligated for yibum. Acham ruled that the father-in-law is not committed to give the nedunya to the yavam, because he may claim, I only committed to give nedunya to your brother, but I am not willing to give nedunya to you. The Mishnah continues, discussing the halachas of nedunya. When the bride pledges to provide the groom with money or assets, the groom includes the value of the nedunya to the ksuba, so that if he dies with a divorce, the value of the nedunya is returned to her. Paschal lahachnes lo'elav dinner. When she pledges in the dunya consisting of money, for example, a thousand dinner, he includes an additional amount of fifteen mana into the ksuba, which equals fifteen hundred dinner. As Rashi explains, he adds one third to its value because he benefits immediately from the profits when investing the money. 
When she gives him an adonia consisting of assessed articles, he includes in the ksuba one-fifth less than the, than, than the dunya value. Because as Rashi explains, clothes and utensils which will be used will depreciate over time. It was customary to overassess the articles of the Nidunya to promote intimacy. However, if she gives him a shum assessed for one mana and it equals the actual market value, he includes the exact amount of one mana into the ksuba, as Rashi explains. He does not subtract one fifth because Nidunya was not overrated. However, Rashi adds, he does not add to the Nidunya value either. Because he does not immediately benefit from the Shun. The Mishnah now elaborates on the previously mentioned halacha. When she pledged a Shum assessed for one mana, and he included the amount in the Ksuba before receiving the Shum, when she subsequently gives him the actual Shum, she is Moisiv Chaymish, as one fifth by giving him articles valued 31 sela and 1 dinner, which is equivalent to 1 mana and 1 fifth. Similarly, when she pledges a shum assessed for 400 mana, which she included in the ksuba, she subsequently gives him articles valued for 500 mana. She is moisiv chaymish, so that the amount written in the ksuba should be peiches chaymish. However, masha chasen peisik, who peisik peiches chaymish, when she gave him the actual shum, and the groom wrote the ksuba after receiving the shum, when he writes the ksuba, he subtracts one-fifth from the overrated value, as the Mishnah says, The previous Mishnah mentioned that when she pledges an adunya of money worth a thousand dinner, he includes an additional amount of shlish, one-third, into the ksuba. The Mishnah elaborates on this halacha. Zak the Mishnah, when she pledged an adunya of money, a sela, which equals four dinar, is included at six dinar, in which he is moisir shlish, because mistak ben miyad, he benefits immediately from the profits when investing the money. The Mishnah continues, Hachasin mekabal alav asar dinarim lekupa l'chalmanu amana. Rupshimim li'alayim ha'kol kemenigam adina. The groom pledges to provide ten dinar worth of visam and perfume for each mana that she includes in the adunya. Rishim Lil disagrees and says that there is no specific amount for Bissamim, rather it depends on the custom of the area. Ravashi says that This obligation was only initiated in Yushalayim, where the women were accustomed to beautify themselves with Bissamim. 